All right, welcome to the conversation on the TYT network. Uh, on with me tonight, uh, a fascinating dude, Frank Conniff. Uh, he's a comedian, uh, comedy writer, actor, performer. Let me just, I'll do the quick roll of uh, all of us, not all, half of his stuff. Mystery Science Theater 3000, he was TV's Frank there. Sabrina Teenage Witch, The Drew Carey Show, The New Tom Green Show on Air America Radio uh, back in the day. He wrote for Rachel Maddow, Mark uh, Marin, Liz Winstead, Al Franken, Janine Garofalo. You get the picture viewpoint with people saying on current TV. Should I keep going? One last one. Totally biased with uh, Camus Bell on the FXX network. All right, Frank, uh, Oh, and I forgot, and a well noted show. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> centrist, dirtbag, you name it. Okay, so uh, so Frank, let me start with this. Um, did you think you were banned from this network? Um, no, actually, um, um, I, I didn't think that. Um, be, which is weird because I'm I'm so prone to resentments about things, but uh, I didn't think that. Um, I, I know that um, um, when I uh, I moved away from LA, um, which was in uh, 2012, um, that was kind of the end of my run of doing the Young Turks because, you know, I used to be able to come into your studio and I was and I actually, um, right before I left for New York, and I left for New York because John Fugelsang hired me to work on his show. Uh, on current TV in New York. And uh, I remember you asking me, I was at the studio and you invited me to be part of your 2012 election night coverage, which I was very touched by and very honored by. And I wasn't able to do it because I had to come to New York. So, all uh, right, good, good. Because I heard a rumor that, that you thought uh, uh, we weren't having you on, and here you are. So, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, I have been telling people that I'm. Uh, the, that I've been completely washed up in the world of left-wing podcasts for a long, because I used to do a lot of them and now I'm not on any of them, but. Yeah, well, that, 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 part's, probably, that part's probably true. So let's <laughs> talk about that. Uh, I'm kidding, but <laughs> all right. So Frank, uh, so when did you become a, a shill for centrist? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I became, a, um, I, I've been a, um I've been a loyal Democrat for all of my life. You know, my father ran as a Democrat for Congress in 1964, and my grandmother served in the Connecticut State Legislature in the late 40s, early 50s as a Democrat. I was brought up as a Democrat in the JFK era, so I've always had that kind of loyalty. I don't know if I'm a I'm I'm a centrist. I do I do run a um, Walter Mondale fan site, but that's on the dark web, so we won't, <laughs> won't get into that. And you know what? It's not even on the intellectual dark web. So no, just- oh no, that I I tried to get on the intellectual dark web, but Barry Weiss like just put her foot down and said I wasn't allowed there. Yeah, no, no. Uh, if you, for like if your IQ is above seventy, you're not allowed in uh, <laughs> the intellectual dark web. It's it's ironic. It's, yes. it's having fun. Um, okay. So, anyways, um, but I think I'll just add to that that I think in 2016, when in the primaries, when I was and I, at the time I was on uh, John Fugelsang Sirius XM show, and uh, I was a very um, vocal Hillary Clinton supporter in the primaries and most of the people around me were Bernie Sanders supporters. So that might have um, kind of uh, 
set that up. Uh, John Fugel saying whenever on the show, whenever I would talk about my support for Hillary, he would tell people that I was obsessed with Hillary and that I dressed in pantsuits, which was not true. Um, I wore the pantsuits because they felt sensual against my skin. It had nothing to do with uh, with my uh, Hillary Clinton support. Okay, well, that's that seems very fair. And as a progressive, obviously, I'm in favor of that. Right. Um, right. Right, your centrist friends might have issues with it, but not us. <laughs> um, so, who were you for? Uh, I, I have to confess, I lost track in the 2020 primary. Uh, in the 2020 primary, I was Elizabeth Warren, um, and um, and I think Bernie and um, Kamala were. Joe, Joe Biden was about fourth or fifth in my uh, of people I supported, and, but then once he he won and. Uh, that I became a very enthusiastic supporter of him in the general election. Yeah, well, so speaking as, so Frank, as it turns out, apparently I became a shill after you did. Oh, so, yeah. So there's like a bit of a timeline here. I was and hoping you'd come over to the shill side, which as <laughs> they say in Star Wars. Yeah, feel, well, the, feel the shill, use the shills, Jake. Well, look, once uh, I saw Joe Biden in the general, I fell a shill up my leg. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. As Chris Matthews would say. Yeah, no, uh, all sane people uh, supported Joe Biden over Donald Trump uh, in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, I know there's some that uh, think they're on the left and thought that that was a tough question. Uh, but it was not remotely a tough question if you're actually on the left. No, uh, and, and, and also I think that Joe Biden, um, is a very traditional kind of politician. And I think he has values and principles, but I think he's very much a politician and he very much like puts his finger in the wind and sees the way the wind is blowing. And um, I, I think he, I think at this point, there's a part, a big part of him now that feels that um, uh, being progressive is the way the wind is blowing. And, and I think his, his platform and the things he's trying to do is refl is reflecting that, and that's the part that you play and that uh, uh, commentators play and voters play is by making progressivism politically um, expedient or something that uh, someone uh, who's very involved in politics who wants to succeed in politics. That's that's the part that I think that we play in that, and I and I think that that's there's been some good results from that lately. Frank, you don't know how right you are. The Secret Service code name given to President Biden is the Wind Whisperer. <laughs> yes. So he's he's got that wind figured yeah. out. No, but in all seriousness, you're 100 percent right. Mm. Joe Biden is a classic politician. Yes. So and what classic politicians do is they put their finger to the wind, and mm. uh, and in all seriousness, uh, us progressives, we are the wind. Yes, yeah. and we're the ones that meant that you know if there's any kind, and there has been a lot of very progressive initiatives in his initial um, presidency. And I think it come it comes from all of the progressives out there because he, I, I think, like I said, I think he has principles and stuff. But I think he wants to succeed. He wants to win, and the, and that's the part that progressive people like yourself are playing in that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. My code name: Wind Pusher. <laughs> I don't know. All right, uh, Windbreaker. Windbreaker. That was mine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, anyway, so Frank, you know, so you obviously do a lot of politics. You know, you wrote for some of the folks on Air America, and that's why we're talking about this. And then there was a little bit of a rift between the progressive camp and the more, um, well, let's say party loyalist, right? And, and you mm-hmm. explain why you're a party loyalist, and there's good reason for that. Uh, so, but it, you also said that you, you're, you and War number one and Bernie number two in 2020. That's interesting, given that you supported Hillary over Bernie in 2016. So, what happened in those four years to make you tilt a little bit more left? Um, well, I just, you know, if 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 Warren had been a candidate in 2016, I would have been um, I would have been totally on board with her. I'm uh, a big fan of hers, and I find her a very inspiring figure. And I, I like Bernie a lot too, but. Um, but Warren is, is someone that, that just really appealed to me. And um, uh, so, so I supported her in 2020 and I would have in 2016 as well. So is there any progressive uh, policies that you think so are bridged too far? Medicare for all, uh, Green New Deal, anything along those lines? No, absolutely not at all. I would, um, 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 I would love for there to be Medicare for all. What I'm hoping is that um, we're we're on a road towards that. I, w- I would love for it to happen tomorrow. That's not how it works in politics. Um, but I think um, um, uh, progressive people are are pushing in that direction, and and we're getting. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if things are going to get great, but it feels like they're going to get better. And after what we've been through, things getting better seems seems like a pretty good thing. You know, right? So, Frank, what's your take on uh, since the? I mean, I think you correctly assessed the Biden administration, uh, and the right wing will push furiously from the right. Uh-huh. Um, and so, well, that puts progressives in a position. I think that they probably would have been in anyway, but that means we got to push from the left. Exactly. Um, yeah, and so, but that, but you know, people say theoretically that makes sense, right? But when you actually push the guy, uh, whether it's Biden or Pelosi or Schumer, uh, that people get very uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, what's your take on how to thread that needle? I think it's 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 okay to make them uncomfortable. Um, you know, I think it's it's okay to to push things forward. I think it's it's uh, you know, as a Joe Biden supporter, I think at this moment in history. It's much more important to be critical of Joe Biden than it is of policies of his that you don't like, that you don't think go far enough. I think it's more critical to point that out than to keep talking about how awful Trump is, which we've been talking about forever. It's 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 more important to hold the people that we're that we have hopes for to hold their feet to the fire and and push them in the direction that that we hope they'll go in. And, so, and they, yeah, they might get uncomfortable, but that's fine, you know. Hundred percent. I, I, look, it turns out we agree on so many things. Well, uh-huh. you know, shills in a pot and all that stuff. <laughs> all right, Frank Conniff, thank you for joining us again. Oh, it's been it's so it. so great to see you again, Jenks. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. See you soon. Take care. All right, back on the conversation. We've got a great guest for you guys. Tesla Figaro is a, a political commentator and host of Straight Shot No Chaser podcast. I already like it. Um, I mean, that, that's an awesome name. Uh, it's, by the way, on the Black Effect Podcast Network, founded by, uh, oh, yeah, Charlemagne the God. That's on iHeart uh, Media. I'm familiar with his work. 
as is nearly everyone on the planet. Tesla also is a senior political policy and media consultant for Benjamin Crump, who represents so many families, unfortunately, that have been the victims of police violence in this country. And he's she's also a senior advisor for the George Floyd Foundation. Tesla, welcome to TYT. Thank you so much for being here, big fan of your work. Oh, thank you so much. So Teslin, I, I, you're a political commentator, so I want to dive right in uh, into the uh, Biden campaign um, or Biden administration uh, these days. So um, right now, uh, they're working on a couple of things, but the main one is a COVID relief bill. And it looks like one of the things they're gonna do is take the $15 minimum wage out of the bill. Um, that's at least what Biden has suggested. What's your take on that? Yeah, my take is that you know those who have advocated for fifteen dollars an hour, which we know is progressives. I don't even think it's really just even a progressive. I think it's the issue of just anybody who is a poor or even working class that just believes that the floor. Uh, should be raised across the board, not even just on the federal level, but on the state level. Um, so if uh, President Joe Biden removes this from the bill, uh, which we understand why there's issue. One, they say it shouldn't be wrapped up in a COVID bill, it should be separately. But regardless of whether they wrap it in the bill or take it out the bill, uh, I do believe that it is on us, the people, to continue to push. And as for the policies uh, that we demanded, let's just be honest about it. Uh, progressives held their nose to vote for President Joe Biden. Uh, we cannot ignore uh, that a coalition of many people, one, you know, being the black community, whether they were moderate or progressive, because breaking news, there are black folks who are progressive and moderate, believe it or not. But then you have the core of the progressive movement of all colors, all backgrounds that had to vote for Joe Biden in order for him to win. So there's this idea that progressive voices don't necessarily have to be heard, and which is just simply not true. You cannot win the presidency of the United States without having the progressive voice a part of that. And so those voters are owed you know, something for their policy as well. But I'm be honest with you, Joe Biden was very clear and said that he does not feel he has to bend the knee, if you will, to the progressive movement. So it's really going to take progressives on the ground, movement leaders, not necessarily elected politicians, but movement leaders to continue to what I what I call push the line. Yeah, um, and uh, obviously the way you do that is through uh, what uh, folks used to say is good trouble. Right, and um, and so let's talk about good trouble a little bit. So let's say that uh, either it's in the COVID relief bill or standalone, and they get it to the Senate, uh, which is not an issue. It's passed the House many times. It certainly will. Uh, I happen to think Pelosi passes it because she knows the Senate will kill it, um, and she just wants the credit without actually doing it. But it doesn't matter. She passes it. She gets the credit. I'm happy to to give that credit. But once it gets to the Senate. Um, you know what happens, Teslin, if Mansion and Cinema go? No, the voters of West Virginia and Arizona don't want higher wages, which is an obvious, preposterous lie. But but that's the kind of stuff they say, and the mainstream media eats it up, and they go, "Oh no, no, people in West Virginia are conservative. They like to punch themselves in the face and want lower wages." And Mansion's representing them. Okay, so what do progressives do at that point? Well, I mean, at this point, it's no longer about this this idea of unity. It's not happening. It's not me not being optimistic or not being a positive person. It's just speaking on how things are and not how they should be. And how things are is Republicans are going to continue to do what Republicans do. At this stage of the game, it's all about, you know, they used to have this saying, I don't chase them, I replace them. 
That's the, the same ideology we have to have. Chasing, running around, begging Republicans to get on our side or moderates to see things our way. It's over with. This is about 2022. Lindsey Graham just said flat out, he flipped like a mattress. One minute he said he was over Trump, and then just this past weekend he said, "Oh, you know, we need Trump in order to win 2022." Republicans have always organized towards the big prize, the big picture, whether that's through voter suppression, which has obviously enabled them, but also just pushing the line and being in a consensus. And so this has to come down to 2022. Who are we organizing in these seats? Who is being primaried? And if that means primarying people like Mansion, who I believe, well, let me let me say, let's see how he plays this game because for for right now, me personally. I don't know if he's really on the Democrat side or he's using it as, a, as an opportunity to wield power between the two. But at the end of the day, progressives have to have to figure out who are they gonna run in these seats to take these folks places. I'm done asking folks to get on board. I'm done waiting on people who are 70 and 80 years old to finally decide to see things how I see things. It's just simply not gonna happen. People have to be primaried and we have to move people in those seats. And if Joe Biden does not, and I keep saying this repeatedly, if he does not, this administration does not pass progressive policies, they will lose in 2022. You will not have Trump on the ballot, so the fear factor will no longer be there for a lot of folks. It's only gonna come down to policy. So it's up to him. Democrats either decide they wanna retain power and gain more or lose. It's really their choice. Right. Um, well, as we head down that path, I first of all, let me note that I, not only do I agree with you, what you're saying is indisputable. They keep saying, you know, unify with Mansion, and Mansion says no to minimum wage increase. Okay, well, how are we going to unify? They never clarify. And if they clarified, of course, what the media means is you must bow your head as a progressive, and and you must do whatever Mansion tells you to do. Well, why the hell would I do that? <laughs> I mean, what a privileged, elitist, ridiculous assumption. Now, let's turn to another issue. Obviously, you work as a senior advisor to the George Floyd Foundation, criminal justice reform. Now, you know, there's debate about whether defund the police is the right framing. But I wish that's all the debate was about. The reality is, yes, but when we get to the actual substantive issues like banning, ending private prisons, uh, in decriminalizing or legalizing marijuana instantly, letting folks who are in jail for possession out. Uh, you know, real cultural reform of policing, all these things. Tesla, what's your sense? Are they actually gonna do any of them? And, and then if they don't do any of them, what the hell did we elect them for? Absolutely. Well, you're absolutely right when you say that criminal justice is not just about, you know, reallocating funds to the police department. It is a wide range of things. When we talk about the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, it covers things like qualified immunity so that police officers can, can be held accountable. It talks about things like banning chokeholds. When we talk about racial justice and racial justice reform, there's things that are much more deeper than, you know, the conditions of prisons and how are inmates treated. You know, folks who would honestly the first step back covered a lot of this as well. When we talked about chaining women, you know, to hospital beds while they were given childbirth. But there's so many more issues, you know, besides just racial justice. When we talk about, you know, racial inequities and and the wealth gap between black folks and, and the racial wealth gap. So what should happen to answer your question is there has to be consequences and repercussions, period. 
there is no unity. You're you're not going to hear the the political pundits talk about that. You're not going to hear the politicians talk about that because we have to get they they have to do this talking point of making everybody feel inclusive. I think those talking points have only done anything have only served to allow people to have more mistrust, more games. This good cop bad cop thing that McConnell is doing and Lindsey Graham is doing is amateur theater at its best. This has to be. Consequences and repercussions, period, end of the day. If people do not move with the will of the people, not just the Biden administration, but everyone under him, then they need to be primaried and they need to be replaced. That's it, end of discussion. And I can say that because I'm not looking for donors and I'm not looking for voters. So so it allows people like you and I to make these very clear demands so that the folks get out there and actually do the work. 100%, if you had to prioritize uh, you know, I know, I know it's tough because there's so many important issues. I mean, off the top of my head, I just listed four there that are so important. But if you had to prioritize two or three issues on criminal justice reform that Democrats must do, what would you say those are? What well, certainly qualified immunity is important. You know, police officers have to be held accountable for the things that they do. It can't just be on the on the backs of the taxpayers. It's also important that police officers don't get an opportunity to just go to another city and be able to be a police officer. It's important that we have a database. You know, they can recognize who these folks are. I know that there's a lot of talk about diversity training and teaching folks. And to be honest with you, I don't know if that works. You know, Joe Biden focuses on the soul of America. I say that's God's business. We have to focus on the substance. So I'm not a, a big believer in changing folks. So I feel if people are racist, they're racist. The, the only thing that I push is there should be a consequence for your racism. So I'm all about anything that ties a consequence to your actions. Not so much the feel good, but with the substance. Yes, I hear that a thousand percent. But Deslin, <laughs> you're amazing. I hope you come back and let's do this more often. Thank you so much, blessings to you. Thank you.